I wanted to work in kind of a fast-paced pre-IPO environment and joined Uber, where I worked on the go-to-market and launch of Uber Pool when it was first being developed. Um, and from there, I went to work in product marketing at Facebook Live, um, which was also a new medium at the time, and uh, then ultimately went on to Netflix and product innovation. In today's episode, we have Victoria Young, who leveraged her experience at Netflix, Uber, and Meta to create Outpace, a platform built for future leaders to connect with vetted, high-performance coaches. Welcome to Building Billions, where we cover the risks and rewards of success. Hi, Victoria. Welcome to Building Billions. Excited to be here. So, you have a very interesting background. Why don't you walk us through everything that is Outpace and how it came to be? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, you know, throughout my career, like when I was in undergrad studying communications and business economics, I was always just really fascinated by human behavior and how people interacted and how that translated into cultural trends and, and ultimately products and technologies. And so throughout my career, I was really focused around that. And after business school, where I studied entrepreneurship and innovation, I went into consumer tech where I felt like that was the biggest opportunity where there would be really scalable ways to impact people um, through technology. And so I wanted to work in kind of a fast-paced pre-IPO environment and joined Uber where I worked on the go-to-market and launch of Uber Pool when it was first being developed. Um, And from there, I went to work in product marketing at Facebook Live. Um, which was also a new medium at the time, and uh, then ultimately went on to Netflix and product innovation. Most recently, I was at a venture studio working on the future of work and well-being with a couple of different startup ideas. And while I was there, one of my friends and mentors came to me um, because he knew I was coaching, which was something I started to do after experiencing um, the benefits of coaching, especially as a uh, leader rising through the ranks of a company really, it becomes a lot more complex when you're dealing with different stakeholders and management and also working on your products. And so after getting coaching, I realized there was such a huge opportunity to help leaders with greater self-awareness, with the emotional intelligence component, and just navigating the nuances of being a leader in an organization with a team. And so I was doing coaching on the side because I had experienced the benefits of coaching myself. And one of my friends and mentors who Um, you know, we actually got introduced because I went on a panel and sat next to his chief of staff. And so she introduced the two of us and, um, you know, we really hit it off. He was working on becoming a creator with his newsletter and blog, and I was doing the same. And so we decided to kind of combine forces and be accountability partners and also share practices around coaching. And, you know, we kept that relationship going for a little over a year. And then he came to me and said, Hey, you know, I actually really want to find a way to scale all this that we've been doing around creating, you know, all of this deep content around leadership and also that one-on-one coaching experience. And so we started Outpace, which is a platform that combines one-on-one coaching with expert design content to really help people, um, leaders specifically, reach, you know, their full potential and navigate all the challenges at work. Walk me through a story of a high-performance coaching in general is such a um, popular topic right now with everyone wanting to reach that next level. Everyone wants to, they, they have a ceiling that they may have inherited from childhood or whatever mm. it is, and they're working within that ceiling. Yep. How do they then push that threshold? What's that next step for them? 
Yeah, it's that's part of why we started Outpace is there are some serious inequalities, you know, as we all know, and especially when it comes to kind of breaking through the glass ceiling, getting into those more senior levels of leadership. And a lot of that comes from, you know, some biases and inequalities that are baked into the system that, you know, I think we should work on as, you know, as leaders of corporations, there need to be broader changes in policy and just ways of evaluating performance and just being more aware of unconscious biases that need to happen at like a large scale. And then individually for people who are, you know, trying to do what is within their power, given the circumstances, right? Um, A lot of that is like, how can you sharpen your ability to navigate and present yourself within an organization and to others so that you are effective as a senior leader? And that's really where Outpace comes into play is in the past, a lot of executive coaches were only available to certain people who either knew about executive coaches, you know, through you know, their family or, you know, other mentors that they happen to have, um, or their company just gave them specifically executive coaches, um, but not others. And so Outpace makes all of that available to anyone who wants to level up. And really, you know, having that one-on-one support from someone who's been through the same challenges, who has experienced is just so helpful. Um, you know, when you're dealing with those moments of like crisis or just lack of confidence or just uncertainty with what to do next. And there's a lot of nuances when you're applying for something that may be on the upper echelon of your experience, but you know you can handle it in the moment and you can take it on. Um, it really comes down to confidence. Mm. What are three things that you can, if, if three tools yeah. that you can tell someone about um, to help them reach that little next level? Three, yeah, three tools for reaching the next level of confidence. I would say one is really being aware of what you are good at and what you're not and making peace with that. It's absolutely okay to have some weaknesses, right, in areas of opportunity, so long as you are effectively finding ways to either surround yourself with others who are good at those particular skills or you're fortifying it in some way on your own, right? And so that's the number one thing I think that a lot of leaders miss is they're so afraid to be vulnerable or to even acknowledge to themselves, like, hey, I'm not really good at this. Um, And that actually ends up hurting them long-term because of that kind of blind spot for yourself or that unwillingness to see your own weaknesses that actually leads to then having mistakes that are related to your weakness, right? And so key thing is to try to prevent that by getting ahead of it, by being really honest with yourself. And, you know, in doing so, you actually build faith and confidence from other leaders and those within your team. Cause they're like, Oh, she really understands what she's doing and she's doing X, Y, and Z to really get better at or overcome this area. That is an area of opportunity. So I would say that's extremely important. Um, also to build confidence. I think it's important to acknowledge your own wins. It's really easy to get caught up in, you know, I'm not doing enough or, you know, there's so much more that I don't know. And instead when you, take the time every week to reflect on the amazing progress that you've made and what you've learned as a result of that, that will inherently help you cultivate more confidence in yourself because you're really acknowledging the hard work and the progress that you're making, right? And so that's another really key part of, you know, building confidence within yourself. 
Um, the third, there's a yeah. comparison. There's a moment here in this landscape currently with social media mm. and, and um, an energy of keeping up with the Joneses yep. that has been 10 X. Um, if you look at back in the day, you really only compared it to your neighborhood, which kept it within your circle yep. um, of feasibility. But now we're going up against anyone in any country, in any location um, to really showcase our abilities. And therefore there's a bit of a comparison um, drain that happens yeah. um, with individuals. So it's it's beautiful to realize that now with that also comes the power of actually expanding your circle and looking at it from the, the perspective of bringing on these high performance coaches are actually expanding your circle, making the five people in your circle even better, which then helps you get access mentally to a lot more. Absolutely. I think that's, that's so crucial. And you know, it's interesting. It's so easy to get caught up in comparing, but you know, everything that anyone presents is always just a tiny part of the story, right? And reminding yourself that is just important whenever you're consuming content and seeing what's online. It's, it's just a tiny, tiny piece, a tiny highlight from their life. And, you know, it's great that they're sharing that, but you have to remember for your own mental health and wellness that, that that's yeah. just what it is, right? It's a tiny highlight. Um, Absolutely. It's like the iceberg effect. We always see the little yes. tiny piece at the top um, totally. and then there's a whole mountain underneath. Yes. And everyone's always dealing with Let's, challenges, you know. Absolutely. Let's talk about your founder journey then too, because now you're in a different subsect. You went from being this high performance leader within your um, employment structures and then some like the, the gates were opened and now you have this complete new entity that you've built. You've built it. Um, so now what was that process like? Walk me through some of the stories, the energy, lows and highs. Give me it all. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's super different, right? Going from being within an established organization with structure to a startup where there is absolutely nothing. <laughs> There's literally nothing, no structure, no product, uh, no team. And it's 100% up to you to take something that you know can exist in the world and find a way to build it. And so that journey is um, full of learnings and no matter you know how experienced you are, both in you know a big company setting or even as an entrepreneur, there's always new challenges that you'll face based on your business model and the product you're trying to build at that time, right? Like there's market dynamics, there's competitive dynamics, there are always issues with technologies and building product, and so I think you know the challenges have really been figuring out within a very ambiguous. Uh, world, right? Of like, okay, we could literally build anything we want. What is the best place to start? And being strategic about what to build in the beginning and using resources effectively and efficiently is just so important when you have limited resources and you're this tiny company fighting in this huge world of other competitors and companies that have a ton of resources. And so I would say that's probably the biggest challenge that we faced is like, you know, having hours and hours of team discussions, just really trying to hone in on where is the best place to start and are we using our resources as efficiently as we could be? So that's the first part, I think, really to uh, the story that we, of the, the initial struggle is like, where do we start? How do we start most effectively? And a big learning out of that and a high was really that we established an MVP, right? Where we were like, okay, let's just, be as scrappy as possible. Let's find tools that allow us to provide this one-on-one -on -one coaching in a novel way 
with content that doesn't exist out there today. So we use tools like Typeform to create kind of a content experience. And we used um, Haymarket, which is like a texting platform as in the beginning to really provide one-on-one coaching in a text-based format along with some content. And so kind of figuring that out and then getting really great feedback from customers early on, like, hey, you really helped me so much, you know, navigating through the challenge, this is super effective. Those are always the highs as an entrepreneur, when you actually have the impact that you're hoping to have on the world with the idea that you have developed. And so, um, yeah, those are those are some examples. And then as you continue to grow and iterate, it's like, how do we hire the team? How do we hire the right people? That, you know, is always a challenge, I think, whether you're in a big company or a startup. And, you know, defining very specifically what you're looking for is always key. And then actually coming up with like an exercise so that you can see if that person is genuinely interested and willing to put in the work and capable from a skill standpoint to execute on the things that you want them to execute on. So especially when you're being scrappy in the early stages, mm -hmm. you need to know that you are not investing your time in the wrong direction. Yes. Um, And with hiring, it can be a real process of knowing, is this the right call? Is this not? Where are we at? Like, three months down the line, have I made a bad decision? Mm -hmm. Walk us through that process of being a new startup with limited capital runway and knowing that you have these high early stage hires are the ones that really need Mm. to hold the foundation up. Yeah. I think, you know, it's really key that the people that you choose are genuinely interested, like really, really passionate about solving the problem that you're trying to solve because the amount of, you know, pivoting and iteration that's required to find the right solution is, you know, it can constantly be happening. But if you're passionate about the problem and you really care about trying to make an impact in that space, then it makes the pivoting a lot less painful, right? It becomes interesting. It's like, oh, okay, well, let's try solving it from this angle or, oh, let's let's try this. And so that's a key thing I think we look for when with our initial hires. Um, and the other thing, like I mentioned, is it's so key at an early stage that people are just willing to get their hands dirty. And so people who will literally just build, like they'll write a script, they are going to, you know, get in the code, they're going to draft up, you know, a new feature and ship it, like all the things that are, you know, doing oriented is very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, strategy and, you know, all of like leadership and management, those things are important, but they have to be balanced out with, can this person be actually producing results every single day in a very flexible way. So someone who is a little bit more jack of all trades and willing to get their hands dirty across a lot of areas is really key. Absolutely. It's a lot of um, sweat equity that is required in the beginning. And oftentimes people get excited by the idea of working with a startup because there's the upward potential. Um, But knowing that you fit maybe a little bit better in a stage where there's a bit more corporate structure or it's a lot less self-management, especially in the beginning, there's a lot of autonomy Mm. um, that people need to kind of develop their own. What should they do to move this forward? Um, It's a little bit of imagination too, which sometimes is a little hard for some people. Absolutely. (laughs) Walk me through a moment where you were like, oh no, I think I might need to pivot, but you actually held through and kept going. Well, I would say 
it actually, like when we have had those moments of, oh, we need to pivot, we actually did pivot because we really did need to pivot. So like, you know, part of when we were testing that initial MVP where we were using a texting platform, we realized that just texting and sending like a link to content was just not enough to sustain ongoing back and forth between a coach and a member. And so we realized we needed a more robust infrastructure, which led us to creating these guided programs. And so guided programs really give you different modules that help you sharpen skills with each module that over time give people the sense of, okay, well, like I'm going to complete this and then I have something that's coming next that's going to help me level up in this other area. And each module provides enough of the frameworks and expert content that gives people, um, you know, material to work on with their coach, right? They can say, hey, I learned this thing and I'm actually not quite sure how to apply this framework for influencing stakeholders. This is what I did at work. Did I do this right? Or like, are there areas that I can improve? And so by providing that framework, that really kind of fortifies the relationship between a coach and a member in a way that a lot of traditional executive coaching just doesn't have. Absolutely. Walk me through the landscape right now in terms of the coaching industry. What are you seeing most onboarded in terms of the coaching side? And what do you see as a needs bracket on the other end as well? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of services and tools out there, both in, you know, leadership kind of training and education and specifically coaching. And we're kind of the hybrid between those two. And trends in like leadership and education, you know, obviously like LinkedIn learning is huge for learning skills like, you know, being persuasive or how to manage up and things like that. Um, There's a lot of, uh, you know, with, you know, Harvard Business Review and things like that. There's tons of content out there between blogs, audiobooks, podcasts that really are all about how to become a better leader, how to navigate business challenges. And so there's a massive volume of content that's all really high quality oftentimes um that that is out there and then there's also a ton of coaches that are available as well but uh, you know there's companies like better up and coach hub which all offer coaches what we noticed with between these two areas is that people lack the uh the resource of like curated short form content that helps them take all of that great knowledge and actually apply it in a way that's easy to do right? Like how many times have you listened to a podcast or read a blog and then like forgotten some of the key nuggets and actually didn't apply it to your life because, you know, it just got too crazy and you forgot what the learnings were, right? I think that's just very common. Um, And other times with a coach, like let's say you do get a great coach, even, you know, finding the right fit with their experience and what challenge you're dealing with at work right now, that's been a really big pain point with a lot of the coaching industry is like, hey, I want to become a CPO, but the person who's coaching me has never been a CPO. So how do I know that they're really going to get me there? Um, And so that's something that we've seen with a lot of coaching offerings in the space is they don't quite have exactly that fit with the person and the coach. And so we solve for both of those things without pace by having short form content that's easy to consume. And then you have an application right away as you work on it with your coach. Well, there's a whole demographic of people that grew up with SparkNotes that are in these positions that need the basic spark notes to get yes. to where they need to. I love that. Um, and we, we're willing to pay whatever it is to get us to where we want to go, but time is the most valuable resource, especially when you're en- entering into these, these pockets. Um, it seems like you guys have digested the main pain point, which is time. 
we don't have infinite time. People don't have a ridiculous amount of time to spend going down the rabbit hole. So yes. um, if your coaches can help them get there quicker, that's fantastic. Absolutely. That's a great way to put it. Of course. Um, when it comes to your story in this process, what was that moment that you felt the most fulfilled by going down this route? You know, I think there are several moments. Um, the first I would say is just, again, like whenever customers come to you and they're like, man, this like really changed my life or this really helped me through a tough time. That is absolutely the most rewarding. Um, the other I would say is actually when you're in that groove with your team and everyone's like super motivated and you just have that momentum and then you get some huge wins. Um, you know, we launched a campaign called the top product coaches and that actually performed really well. We were able to feature a lot of great coaches in their, their work. And, um, you know, we got a ton of traffic to our website as a result. And so that was another highlight of kind of that feeling of, Hey, we're really hitting on something and the team is working really well together to make this happen. Um, we also actually went through a rebrand. And so we originally were called scale higher and we pivoted to the name outpace. Um, the reason we did that was just a combination of like legal issues with the original name and just wanting to have a name that really reflected what we were building a little bit more effectively. And so, you know, I worked together with the team to work on that rebrand, launch it, and we had a whole new website. And just as a marketer, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, brand and marketing experience, seeing something like that actually happen really quickly is always really fun and exciting and rewarding. So there's like business uh, you know, there's highlights that come from business, highlights that come from the team, and also highlights that come from the customer. And all those are really great fuel to keep going. If someone were to start out in the building of a product space, what would be a recommendation you would have for them? Yeah, I think, you know, really sharpening your sense of how can I translate user needs into a technology solution? right? And like, what might that look like? So the best way to do that often is to really study closely other products in the market. So, you know, for example, um, you know, like Uber, right? When the need was, hey, I need a ride right away. What's the best app experience that would help you accomplish that goal? And so really looking at the user experience down to like the way the buttons show up, what's the user flow? How do you open the app? What happens first when you go into the app? Like getting very um, attuned to those nuances really helps you sharpen your product sense of like this works and this doesn't work. Um, you know, learning a lot about user experience, I think is the most key and turning user insights into those product features. That's just a huge part of, uh, you know, being a very effective product manager and product leader. And how did you do that? How did you sample all the humans? Like, did you have hmm. UI iterations that you tested on groupings that you've created? predetermined? What was that process like? Yeah, you know, in a startup, I think a lot of that you do have to balance like gathering data with just intuition and product sense. And we did a lot of MVB testing around the basic fundamentals of like, what actually do we even want to offer from a product standpoint? And when we found out, okay, we need messaging, we need short form content, those two concrete findings then led to, okay, now what's the best way to develop the user experience around a combination of short form content and messaging, right? And so um, that was kind of the process that we got to. 
And we iterated on different flows with a design agency to who really helped us map out in Figma, like every single screen, like what's going to happen next? What happens when a user taps this or that? And, you know, from there, you just get users into the actual app when you have it ready. Um, we have the app in test flight right now, which is a beta testing tool. And, you know, we're getting feedback every single day from people who are using it. Like, hey, when I tap this, I was confused or, hey, there's a bug here. And just really getting it in the hands of users is so important um, so that, you know, they can help you really tighten up the user flow and make sure the product experience is kind of what you have theoretically that would work actually is working in real life. And um, what's the, let's take you five years down the line. Mm. What, what does that look like? What is the energy from that moment? Like, what have you done? Yeah, I think, you know, in five years, ideally everyone who is trying to, you know, climb the ranks to become a manager, to become a leader, they feel like they have the ultimate career companion and advocate for them in their pocket, in their app with Outpace, where at any point, whenever they're experiencing a struggle or they want to celebrate a win, they go in there and they have a champion who's just waiting for them, who's their coach. And they can just go to that person and review like key frameworks that they've worked on together over the years, you know, get instantly message them for some on-demand feedback or hop on a call and say, hey, like, let's deep dive into a strategy session. Right, and just make that all super easy and seamless. And we, as a result of providing it um, in this format, we help a whole generation of leaders who previously have not been included um, get into these new ranks of leadership and uh, you know, really bring more diversity into leadership as well. Now, diving into your why, why this was so integral to you, you had mentioned in your previous careers as well, you had used coaching. Walk me through a personal coaching experience where you in that moment realized that like, this is something I wish everyone had. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, for me personally, I grew up like super shy. I was like a serious introvert. And even in kindergarten, uh, you know, the teacher was like, had my called my parents in and were like Victoria needs to like make some friends she's like not talking to anyone she's really scared and shy and so over the years that's something I've had to work on and especially as a leader right you have to balance that introvert with the extrovert and sharpen those extrovert skills and communication skills even further and so there was a point in my career when I was leading a really large team and everyone across different functions would look to me to define kind of what made sense for the business. And that was really anxiety inducing for me, just even the, the act of standing in front of a large room of people. Um, you know, if there's like 30, 50 people sitting there and they're all extremely smart, talented executives and they're looking to you, that for me was super nerve wracking and I needed help. And so, you know, working with a coach to really figure out like, how can I overcome those feelings of anxiety and, you know, nervousness in that moment what are the tools and practices I can have at my disposal for, um, you know, when I'm standing in front of that room, how do I, you know, shift into this executive presence, this leadership mentality, that was a really critical part. And so, you know, the coach would work with me to really develop the why of like, what specifically is making me feel nervous? Why am I having anxiety? What are my biggest fears? And are those fears really going to come to life? Or what can I do to kind of proactively get ahead of those fears, right? The fear is someone's going to ask me a difficult question. I'm going to sound stupid. Well, why don't you make a list of answers ahead of time and kind of like think about what questions might come up, right? Little things like that, that, you know, we get as leaders, we can get caught up in our own minds and, and in our own fears. And you just sometimes need someone who is not you, who is external from you 
to sit there and talk you through, um, you know, those blind spots and those moments where you're freezing up. It builds that energy within you where you know personally that you can answer those questions. You have the capacity, you have the experience, but there's a wall that appears right when you get on stage in front of hundreds of people and you're like, oh no, I am I am that girl in kindergarten who can't who can't hear what the question is because I'm too nervous in this moment. Yeah. Um and it's it's beautiful that a coach was able to get you through that. Um and, and basically let the world know who you actually are behind all of these preconceived like concepts that we're afraid of. Absolutely. Super cool. Um, walk me through Outpace now. What was, what was step one and then where you're at now and where you will be going? Yeah, absolutely. So step one was let's just coach people one-on-one, right, live, and see what we can identify as things that are repeatable that we can then turn into content or turn into a product. Um, then came that iteration where I mentioned where we had text messaging and, um, you know, type form together to create kind of a very hacked together content and messaging experience. Then came, okay, let's build a web platform that takes that initial experience and at least centralizes it in one place for both coaches and members. And in that web platform, we were still using Google Docs, right, as the main format for messaging back and forth. That with that proven out and like, okay, people are using it. It is even in its most MVP state, people are getting value out of it. People are willing to pay. People are seeing impact. Let's then productize it into a formal web platform and mobile app. And so we're in that stage now where we have a web platform, a mobile app in development, and we are testing it in beta to really make sure that all the bugs and user experience issues are handled before we launch it publicly. And so, you know, when we launch publicly, we'd love to have people who are looking for coaches come and give Outpace a try just because I think, you know, we've really tried to solve for a lot of the issues in the coaching space and in the content space right now to help make it as efficient and productive as possible. Absolutely. I Did you use now... Walking through what another entrepreneur would do in this situation, did you go for financing? How did you how did you secure the capital to be able to grow this thing? Yeah, yeah, great question. So early on, um, you know, my co-founder and I, we decided that we wanted to take more of a VC-backed startup route just because the space is, you know, moving quickly. There's a lot of competitors and we wanted to have the capital to build as much as possible, as quickly as possible. And so my co-founder, you know, he's over a decade um, more experienced and well-networked than me. And fortunately, he had a lot of great connects with people who were interested in investing in an idea and in a team, the two of us, um, to build and, and turn this idea into real life. And so we started with venture funding. We were able to raise $3 million to build the product. And we raised from some really incredible people who knew the space really well. So we looked for investors who were not just people who would give us money, but people who would really be able to understand what we, where we were going and provide really valuable guidance along the way. And so with that capital, we began to build and, you know, pull together a team so we can move more quickly. And that's kind of how we got to where we are today. Absolutely. It, it, through a lot of these conversations, I've noticed that it's alignment. VCs, you're interviewing them as much as they are interviewing you mm-hmm. um, and finding that true alignment with where you want to take it. Because a lot of those decisions, especially when you're early on looking for the capital, you're ten, you tend to give away a lot. Yep. Um, 
and you give away a lot of what would make the idea phenomenal at the end. Um, totally. And so holding true to that is definitely a key metric in success that we've seen so far. Yeah. With communicating with a lot of founders. Absolutely. So that's fantastic to hear on your end. Um, in terms of growth, next steps for you guys um, at Outpace, what what does the next one year look like? What's that that leap going to look like for you? Yeah, you know, now that we've spent so much time in kind of like the research and development phase, it is really just getting Outpace out to as many people as possible so that they can actually experience and use what we've developed and getting amazing coaches on board and getting people who are looking to level up as a leader, specifically in products where we're starting, but we're expanding beyond product as well, and just really reaching people so that they can, um, you know, use the tool to their advantage, use the platform to their advantage, and hopefully level up their career as a result. And so, um, you know, as a leader, thinking about the growth path, thinking about what's our strategy for onboarding a two-sided marketplace, right, and keeping that efficient, Absolutely. keeping customer acquisition costs low, what are some organic channels that we can use? What are the most efficient paths to training and onboarding coaches that are a fit for Outpace? Um, those are all kind of things that are top of mind for me. And, um, you know, hopefully we can continue our path to growth by, by nailing those areas. Walk me through the coach onboarding process, because I'm sure that a lot of viewers are actually interested in knowing what's that vetting process like and how can they know that they're not uh, wasting their time coming onto it and having to then interview the coach as well. Yeah, you know, I think one of our core values about Pace is that the coaches that we bring on have real world experience in specific functions. And so that's the number one thing we look for. Um, and when we review coaches who do have that experience, then it's, you know, how much experience they also have coaching. So they have to have experience in both areas, right? And so once they have experience in both areas, it becomes getting them on the platform, getting them familiar with all of the guided programs that we have and the content. Um, and coaches usually love that because it's an opportunity for them to, to get access to really great content that they can use in their coaching practice um, as they work with other people. And so, you know, if you have all those, uh, you know, traits and, and the, that combination of things, then you're likely going to be a very successful coach without pace. Um, walk me through the user onboarding experience now. When someone does come in, what can they um, rely on or what can they expect? Yeah, users, um, you know, once you download Outpace, you basically get an opportunity to choose your coach. And in that case, you know, you can browse and look for a coach that does, again, have that experience that you're really looking for. Um, and then you just basically drop right into the app where you get access to your first guided program. Um, you get access to short form audio and, uh, you know, visuals and uh, text, all of that together with messaging um, with your coach. And you can schedule calls and do live meetings with your coach and hopefully have a very kind of integrated experience as you learn and hone all of your leadership skills. Now looking completely out of out of the the nitty gritty, mm -hmm. but looking back on the little girl who was in kindergarten, what would she think of you now? Yeah, I think she would be really surprised at um, you know just how far I've come out of my shell in terms of just being able to you know use my voice, set boundaries, articulate a vision, you know, rally a team, like all these things that you know when I was really shy, little girl in kindergarten. Um, I just didn't, uh, you know, couldn't probably couldn't imagine myself doing. And, you know, a lot of times these 
you know, situations and, and challenges kind of force these strengths out of you in a way, because when you're going through something difficult, you kind of either have a moment where it's like, okay, you're, are you going to step up and be the person that the situation is, is requiring, or, you know, are you going to stay the same? And over the course of many, many, many years of different challenges and different, both socially, professionally, right. It, um, has shaped me to who I am today as a leader. And if I didn't have those challenges, I wouldn't have known that I needed to show up in this way, right? And so, uh, yeah, and, and doing so, the biggest learning in this whole process is doing all of that with a ton of self-compassion. And for years, I didn't have that. And I was just pushing myself and pushing myself and being mean to myself and, you know, being frustrated with myself. And a huge shift that came from coaching was, doing, you know, looking for opportunities for self-growth with self-love and doing it in a gentle, compassionate way with myself. And that has made a huge difference in just my anxiety and my motivation and my energy levels. I heard this a long time ago where we have all, especially when you're in the diversity pocket and the female pocket, in some of these limit, limited frameworks, mm. um, when you're in those pockets, you are taught to not utilize your feelings. Mm. But the feelings are actually the premium fuel you need to take it to the next level. By being intuitive, by being diving deep into mm. where those are coming from, you can actually understand your users so much better. You can understand and have empathy for the other end, which can help scale a product. Totally. Um, and so sometimes we have taught ourselves to be as cold as possible, to show up with no emotion. And therefore we're, we're losing a whole side of that energy. Absolutely. I love that so much. And, you know, I think so much in the corporate world and in the business world too, is, you know, about not connecting to your feelings or not showing feelings a lot of times. I think that's changing now. I think there's a wave of, you know, more authentic leadership, whole person leadership, but, um, you know, when that's the case, we all kind of lose because we lose the opportunity to be vulnerable, to build trust, to establish relationships, to really understand each other. And so I'm really happy that that's changing now. Hopefully we'll continue to change further. Um, but, you know, within ourselves, that's the first place to start with that, right? It allows the user base to connect with you as an individual and therefore adopt what you're running with. Totally. Um, oftentimes leaders are so afraid to put their, themselves in front of their product because we believe that we have to almost ship this thing mm. that is separate and keep the business corporate integrity and all of those pieces, but gone is the corporate ideology that it used to be. Yeah. Um, now you basically have to be the influencer for your own business and be there with a megaphone on top of the world yes. telling everyone how you got there. Totally. That is absolutely what is needed these days. And it's a better path, right? Because like you mentioned, it builds that trust. Absolutely. So now, with Outpace for the, the final run of what is Outpace, if you were to sum up Outpace in two sentences, what is it? Yeah, it's a way to supercharge your career growth by having one-on-one -on -one coaching and expert-crafted content. Um, yeah, that would that's it in a nutshell. Okay. <laughs> I usually give two sentences because sometimes we don't get there, but you did it so much quicker and so much better. I'm grateful. <laughs> We've been working on that one-liner, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. What was, what was the process like to choose Outpace as the name? What was that different, like, that change for you like? 
Yeah, I mean, that was a process, that's for sure. Um, anyone who's been through a rebrand knows how hard it is to land on a name. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just between all the criteria of like availability, how long you want the name to be, how you want the name to reflect certain values, how you want the name to sound, you know, all those things um, we took into account. We did a brainstorming session with an agency and internally, and we were kind of going around this idea of like, how can you give yourself the competitive advantage of some of the world's top performers, right? What does that feel like in a word and in a brand? And we landed on on the idea of pace, like pace being something that was like, you know, in, if you watch like Formula One, they talk about like keeping pace, like there's this idea of like movement and growth and, and forward motion. Um, And then we, my co-founder actually came up with the beginning part, the out part to really signify that getting coaching gives you that additional boost that you need in your career. And so we landed on outpace. Um, but it was, you know, a couple weeks of just, you know, iterating, thinking of ideas, using thesaurus and, you know, bouncing ideas off each other before we we landed there. It's always funny when you go through the rebrand process where you <laughs> you decide it's gonna be something amazing. You go to bed, you wake up and you're like, that is a horrible idea. Yes. Uh, <laughs> there's many of those. But then when you finally land on a name you know when you know it's kind of similar to dating mm-hmm. whatever it is you know when you know and you find it and you can run with it it's so um, true pace makes sense on so many levels because you do want to outpace your competition um and from a competitive angle whether you're a marathon runner or in any competitive sport we've all tried to outpace um so Absolutely. using that like clear it, it to outpace pace someone you have to be coached yeah you can't not be coached right um and so you have to it takes a skill level to get there so it's pretty sweet that you guys have decided okay. <laughs> thanks i approve of the rebrand Thank basically is you. what i'm saying i appreciate it we, we landed on the name um it was like three days before my wedding that we like decided on the name so it was like a really crazy time but you know the name is great and the wedding went well and it all worked out isn't it incredible being when you're a founder balancing the personal and business at the same time? Because you are sitting in your living room trying to figure it out. Yeah. Of course, with the landscape of everyone being at home after a while, it was um, it's kind of interesting. It's an interesting pocket. What was that like for you? Yeah, I think it's, you know, we actually also my husband and I, uh, we nomaded quite a bit during COVID while, you know, part of, uh, you know, the time I was starting to build out pace and it's, I do think, you know, there's pros and cons to remote uh, hybrid work, right? Um, parts of me do miss that kind of in-person energy and momentum of sitting down with someone and just, you know, being human together in one physical space, right? Um, but of course, you know, there's also so many efficiencies that come from being able to work and build from all over the world. And, um, you know, I love like being able to fit in my workout and lunch and, you know, seeing my husband throughout the day, like all these things that bring me so much joy and really fill my cup up, I can do now um, while I also accomplish a lot of things I need to get done for work. And so I think really just comes down to, you know, being very specific about where your goals are and then finding those quality time moments with the team that you're working with so that even if you are apart, you can still find the human connection as frequently as possible based on whatever works for you know you and your team. But then you get the best of both worlds, hopefully. Absolutely. There is an energy of you can do it all now, which is really lovely to see. Um, When I entered into the career landscape, it was very much like you had to give up to get. Yep. 
and now I feel like you can you can truly fill your cup, which is a nice energy to see. Totally. Yeah, I think it's exciting. I'm excited for us and the next generation and the generations <laughs> to come because it's been paved in a little bit more of a positive way. Yeah. Um, instead of burning the midnight oil, trying to figure it all out alone totally. in a silo. So. Absolutely agree. Absolutely. Amazing. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being here. Um, we're super grateful to have you and looking forward to being champions of Outpace and seeing the hundreds and thousands of people that you will help with coaching um, and watching it unfold. Thank you so much, Katrina. It's such an honor and it's been so fun just connecting with you. So thank you for having me on. Of course.